Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult age 21 and older who dips, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo Zero pouches. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. All proudly made here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, so much to talk about. So fired up for today's show. Live in Los Angeles, it's The Hurt. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. One hour, Nick Wright stops by. Uh, J-Mac, there are days, the staff, the team, we get together. And there's just all sorts of combustible stuff. Some not great news for the Jets. Some perhaps great news for Damon Stoddard, uh, Damon, Damian Lillard. I keep doing that. Yeah. Dame. I'm just going to go with Dame. Um, things good for you? I saw you and KD battling a little oh, bit on social media. Not as exciting as the tennis match I played last night, but nevertheless, squabbling with an NBA star is always fun. Well, you know, a KD uh, reaches out. I kind of like that. I don't know what's love what he says. Wasn't in a positive manner. Uh, but <laughs> so, nevertheless. There's nothing wrong with disagreement. Certainly. Very healthy. Healthy, indeed. KD, if you disagree with me or J-Mac, I got no problem. We still love you. We still love him. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. yeah. I got Phoenix winning the title <laughs> next year. So do I. Okay, so um, this was an eye roll. The general manager of the Blazers, Joe Cronin, came out yesterday after meeting Dame and said, great dialogue. Remain committed to building a winner around Dame. Good oh, boy. Uh, then Sam Amick of The Athletic reports, yeah, the Blazers are trying to upgrade it, but they're finding it very difficult to pull out the kind of moves they need to be a viable contender. Forget championships. It feels like Dame needs an intervention. Or maybe the Blazers GM Joe Cronin. Guys, fellas, you're not close to being a competitive Western Conference team. If you don't follow the Blazers, let me describe their roster in a nutshell. A pretty talented, injury-prone big, Nurkic. A fascinating, dynamic teenager, Scoot Henderson. Two promising young players, one Anthony Simons, about ready for a breakout. A solid forward who needs to be re-signed. And Dame, last two years, can't stay healthy. In a league where increasingly size wins in May and June. If you take Dame and Jurkic out, they don't currently have a player signed for next year <laughs> over like 24 years old. <laughs> like it's all kids, all in the backcourt. And by the way, they're talented. They're fun. I think next year the team could be fun with or without Dame. It's a fun team. It's not a great team. It is a playing team. Nurkic can't stay healthy. Last two years, Dame can't, although I think I think with the rest going into next year, he should be fine. And a lot of hope and promise in kids. Intervention time. It's not working. Why 
can't somebody rip the Band-Aid? Rick Buecher on our show yesterday theorized why. They're playing a game of chicken. Damien doesn't want to say the guy doesn't want to be the guy to say, "All right, I'm out," because that would sort of undermine his whole brand and persona in Portland. And Portland, meanwhile, does not want to say, "You know what? Thanks, Damien, but we're moving on." If Portland says, "Look, yeah, we decided we we need to move on. It's it, the the money's too much, and we don't think we can get there with Damien." There's going to be backlash in Portland. You know Portland. That is a fierce, loyal town, and they love Damien. It's not that loyal. I work there. They want to win, like everybody else. Let's not make Portland into a city that's more loyal than anyone else. They want winners. That's all they care about. They're sports fans. They have lives, boyfriends, girlfriends, marriages, kids. They want to go to the arena and spend money, and those tickets are increasingly expensive, and they want to see a winner and a team that can battle in the West, go up against the Suns and the Warriors. I hear this all the time. Oh, this town is really loyal. Not really. Tickets are now so expensive. I grew up in an era, baseball tickets were $4. You could sneak into the kingdom, get a good one, sit down close to the field, $8. Those days are over. I bought my daughter a couple of tickets to go to a baseball game. It was $900. <laughs> they were good seats. Dodger Stadium's amazing. Hot dog, parking, make it a thou. The point being is it takes courage. The Blazers have become the stand-up comedian using six-year-old material. <laughs> you guys hear about the ice bucket challenge? Get new stuff. <laughs> What's the deal with airline food? Time for new material. Go look, 11 years, five first-round exits. Yeah. Three missed the playoffs. Eight of 11 years, over quickly. People want to be around in May and June. Rip the Band-Aid off. Intervention time. Everybody knows this isn't working. Too young, too brittle, lacking courage. Portland's no different than anywhere else. They want to go toe-to-toe with the Warriors and the Kings and the Nuggets and the Celtics and the Bucks, and think they have a chance to not only beat them that night, but win a series. All right, I saw this story. Interesting. So uh, I'm not a fan of Hard Knocks. I liked it when it first started, but uh, seven of the last ten teams on Hard Knocks missed the playoffs. I went back and looked at every team. Now they have a Hard Knocks in the middle of the season, but I went to the preseason Hard Knock teams. Uh, I yellowed anyone that missed the playoffs. (laughs) it's over half the teams. And then a lot of lost in the wild card round. Uh, The way I look at it, it doesn't make a bad team uh, good or a good team bad. But if your marriage is already rocky, it'll get you to a divorce attorney. Um, It's not great. And especially with a team that's got a impulsive owner, check Jets, a young coach on the hot seat, check Jets. A prickly older quarterback, new to the franchise, check. Media intensity, uh, New York, check. Really, really tough division, check. Brutal early schedule when you're trying to kind of create inertia and momentum. Check, 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 check. It's less than ideal. It's not going to make a good team bad. But teams do not need HBO. Used to, don't now. You can tell that because head coaches and GMs are begging not to be on this show. So years ago, I worked at another sports company, Four Letters ESPN. And uh, the president then, uh, George Bodenheimer, nice man, smart guy, created the Longhorn Network because Texas had won a national title. They were very popular. And uh, the initial reaction from the Texas rivals was, this is unfair. This is outrageous. What an advantage. One month in, Mac Brown hated it. Mac Brown told anybody close to the program, it's going to drive me out of here. I'm aging by the day. Football's about discretion, uh, deception, being discreet, covert, hiding stuff. It's not about 
having cameras and meetings. Mac Brown hated it. It ended up being a disadvantage. You had to kind of act differently. I know you don't think you'd act differently if you put cameras all around your marriage or your business, but you would. You'd act differently. You don't want that. You want authentic. You want real. You want honest. Some of this stuff is ugly. I've been in football locker rooms. It's not pretty. I've been in football front offices. There's hard discussions that you do not want on camera. (laughs) No. And so, again, I don't think it's going to make the Jets, who will be a good team, terrible. But the, the, the Jets are already facing young, major question marks on the O line, the first potentially average to bad O line of Aaron Rodgers' career. Aaron dealing with young, promising, but young receivers. He can be prickly near the end of his career. Impulsive owners, coach on the hot seat, New York media. I mean, New York media had Buck Showalter. He was like Stephen Hawking's a year ago. Now he's a bum. Now he's an idiot. Now they want him gone. It's just different in New York. The intensity, there's multiple sports talk radio stations, half a dozen uh, big columnists and newspaper coverage. It's different in New York. Lived around it for 10 years. Different than even other big cities like Boston and Los Angeles and Detroit and Miami. So I don't like hard knocks. Don't like it. I don't think companies or leagues should be in the business of distracting their business partners. All things, good things, must come to an end. All right, J-Mac. A lot of stuff today. KD and J-Mac went back and forth on the social stuff. KD is very... Uh, very willing, so he views it as willing to engage. Some people view it as uh, sensitive. Is it engaging if you just jump into a conversation and say the way you guys talk about basketball is whack and just to blast the guys for 30 seconds and then vanish? That's, well, that's not a conversation. That's one-way traffic. You know? <laughs> okay. But hey, a quick word on the Jets. The league kind of shafts at them with the schedule, right? You, you saw the first oh, like, I think six the games. first six games are brutal. And now you're going to put hard knocks on top of it? Don't you want Aaron Rodgers showcased in late season games? And by the way, high TV ratings, playoffs. Like, don't you want that? And Sunday night football, you can flex games, right? Yeah. Don't you think they'll have a few games flexed? Maybe. Yeah, I would think if Aaron Rodgers goes starts two and zero, you know, the the Jets are going to be the one team in this league that is going to be very flex viable. I would think by week six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Because of Aaron yeah. and the Jets. Like in the NBA right now, you want to see the Suns early with the Bradley Beal. You yeah. want to see Victor Wembenyama, newness. Aaron Rodgers leaving the Packers after his entire career to the Jets? Who's well, not into that? Remember how often the Broncos early last That's year right. were and, on television. And it hurt uh, Russell Wilson in the offense. You yeah, know? they opened up against Seattle, national TV. Nathaniel Hackett didn't know how oh. to monitor the timeouts. And all of a sudden, it was like this firestorm of heat on the organization. Set the tone. Set the tone for the season. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hi, it's The Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.co slash vball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources thank you to our friends at panini america the official trading cards and nfts of the 2024 colin coward show panini america delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought after nfl nba fifa and wnba trading cards Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, 
Don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. There is an understanding in the NBA that Dame's a very valuable piece and Miami and Milwaukee are the two places to go. But most people, media especially, look at Miami. Maybe it's because the Bucks had a bad season. Maybe it's because it's not a glamorous market. Dame is seen as a big score in a scorer's league. Maybe it's because of Riley and Eric Spolstra. We love Jimmy Butler. Whatever it is, Miami is seen as the place to go. May I suggest, after some homework this morning, Milwaukee. I want to show you a chart. By the start of next NBA season, Dame will be 33 and Jimmy Butler will be 34. Dame's off back-to-back years with some injuries, so he is aging, but he's still a dynamic player. So Dame will be 33 and Jimmy will be 34. So I went back to the last 10 NBA champions And I looked at their, you know, two best players in the finals. Now, you can argue about some of this stuff. um, But when I went back and looked at the two best players in the finals, none, we'll put up the chart, had two players in their 30s. Not to mention, none had two players in their mid-30s. One of the older versions was KD at 28 and Curry at 28. Now, LeBron was 35 in the bubble, but Anthony Davis was 28. But if you send Dame, a smaller aging player, to the Bucks, Giannis is 28, Dame is 33, and that fits the championship model. Don't confuse experience with age. Experience is crucial in the playoffs. Age can be a liability. So Miami also throw this out. Portland's got all sorts of guards. They need Tyler Hero. What they could use is Chris Middleton. A wing, a shooter with Scoot Henderson, with Anthony Simons. They've got Nurkic. They've got young, really young backcourt talent. What they don't have is a wing that can shoot. Chris Middleton, maybe some picks. So the belief is, ah, Dame and Miami is perfect. The reality is Milwaukee's a better fit and can also give. You could argue, if you wanted to make it work, Drew Holiday and Middleton to Portland for Dame and maybe one of the younger players. But Portland's going to be really young if uh, Dame leaves. That's, That's solvable. Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. But Miami can only give them back what they have, guards. Hasn't wing been an issue with Portland forever? Milwaukee's not as flashy. Maybe it's because they had a very quick exit. Miami doesn't work as well as Milwaukee. A dominant big, 
and a great shooter. You don't need Dame to be a great defender, which he's not, because Giannis is your rim protector. Even if you just move Middleton, Picks, and some other rotational players, Drew Holiday's a great defender. He'd certainly be a perfect fit at times with Dame. I think Milwaukee's the much better play here than Miami. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. So, have you ever worked with somebody in your life or been in any kind of relationship with somebody and um, you keep giving and you keep giving and, and it's just they become my least favorite thing? High maintenance. It's like, okay, we give, we give, we give. We heard you initially. We give. It's really interesting on Stephon Diggs, a receiver for Buffalo. So Minnesota, he complained. I'm not getting the ball. Buffalo, very unhappy. Held out of camp last year at the end of the year. And so I went to the last three receivers who I viewed as sort of what you would call the classic diva label, high-maintenance label. I did not count OBJ because OBJ was not a problem in LSU early with the Giants, L.A. or Cleveland. OBJ is not high-maintenance. Went a little sideways for a while in New York, but I don't consider him wildly demanding. I don't. I don't think that's fair to OBJ. So the three I counted were Des Bryant in Dallas, Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh, and Stephon Diggs in Minnesota and Buffalo. So I went back and looked at Des. His knock was with a young Dak Prescott. I want the ball more. So I went back and looked at his last two years in Dallas. He was number one in targets. Number two was a tight end. They were getting Des the ball. He wanted it more. Wasn't happy. I went to Antonio Brown with the Steelers. Wanted the ball more. I went to his last two years in Pittsburgh. 331 targets. Number one on the Steelers by a mile. I went to Stephon Diggs. Buffalo. I want the ball more. 318 targets, two times the next closest receiver. So I went back on Stephon Diggs to Minnesota. They had Adam Thielen. was taking away looks. Oh, yet he wasn't. His last two years in Minnesota, he was easily number one in targets. Antonio Brown, Des Bryant, Stephon Diggs twice. At some point, four different quarterbacks have been blamed. Or coordinators, Kirk Cousins, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Big Ben, as they were targeting him significantly more, sometimes two times as often as the next receiver. For the record, Pittsburgh had many other good targets. Minnesota had Thieland, capable tight ends. They're not happy. I'm not counting receivers. I didn't count T.O. That's too long ago. I, I don't think OBJ is high maintenance. I really don't. I just think it went sideways in New York. New York does that to young people. But um, at some point, this is not going to end well. When the quarterback, the coach, the coordinator, the game plan gets blamed. And I thought this was interesting. This comment was very interesting recently from Josh Allen. So the Bills went out. They're trying to find a dependable number two receiver, and they got Trent Sherfield, kind of an unknown guy, in March uh, from the Dolphins, right? He's he not getting looks with Tyreek Hill and Mike Gusecki when he was there and Jalen Waddell. Here's what Josh Allen said about the new guy. I love what I've seen. Works hard. Doesn't complain about anything. Dude is rolling now. Again, I like Stephon Diggs. I think he's good. But we've all worked with that person that you give and you give and you give, and it's just never enough. Antonio Brown's targets were insane. That was a team that had a run game. That was a t- had Levy and Bell, who also, I believe, is a pretty good uh, catch-out-of-the-backfield guy. Capable tight ends, other star receivers. 318 attempts, not enough. Sometimes you can't please people. And I think in this instance, I think the Bills, I, listen, I think the Bills go out of their way. They certainly don't consistently run the ball. When I think of the Bills' offense, I think of Josh Allen's legs and arm and Stephon Diggs. Occasionally, Dawson Knox. That's what I think of it. I, I don't think of anybody else on the perimeter outside of Stephon Diggs. Still not happy.
Maybe it's his problem, not everybody else's. Polly Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. Of course, you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Polly and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. Now, the suits at Fox Sports Radio gave us this airtime because they wanted us to tell you how great our show is. Why? Yeah, instead of us doing that, let's just let our millions of fans do the talking. Yeah, play the tape. You don't know crap about sports. I mean, why am I even on this crap? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the wrong tape. Wrong tape. Just forget that. Look, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, J-Mac and I were arguing during the break. So Chris Paul's with the Warriors. And I'm reading an article today in the San Francisco Chronicle. And um, I, I think the reason you get Chris Paul is because Jordan Poole, 23 years old last year, was so immature, so turnover prone. The organization just thought when Steph's not on the floor, Steph's still great, top 10 player in the league. When he's not on the floor, there's this big gap in maturity and efficiency. So Chris Paul's mature, uh, a willing defender. Poole's awful, worst defender they have in the team. Uh, also, he doesn't turn the ball over. He's got a different style. Stylistically, he's different. But if they get another big with Kaminga, they can do some pick-and-roll stuff, which that is uh, playing into Chris's favor. So I, I think it works. And, and it gives them, again, stylistically, another way to play. And Rick Bucher yesterday on the show talked about the value of that. The Chris Paul thing allows you to save money in the long term. And it's one of those moves where you go, okay, you know what? We're going to have another adult here. Chris Paul gives you an option to play two different ways. That's what was the secret sauce with the Denver Nuggets. They could play fast. They could also play slow. At some point, you need to be able to slow down and be effective. So I, I can make a case where Chris Paul fits, but I also believe what this does is it just expands their options. Okay, and we, we showed you something earlier. Chris Paul's not going to be the second best player on the team. Steph's number one. And although Draymond is probably the most valuable second player, Wiggins has often been uh, in the series against the Celtics, the finals, he was the second best player. So we showed you, uh, didn't show you, I talked about the window earlier. If you go to the last 10 championship teams in the NBA, both your players can't be in their 30s. They have to be experienced. You don't, you don't see a lot of 22-year-olds here outside of Kawhi Leonard. But you got to have two guys. Both can't be in the 30s. So Jokic Murray, 28-26. Sorry to the radio audience. Uh, Curry and Wiggins were close, 33-26. and 26. Uh, Middleton, 29. Giannis, 26. LeBron, 35. AD was only 26. So you go down. Now, Durant and Curry were both 29. By the way, the following year, they got hurt. KD did. So age is a thing. It was actually two years later. So you see the numbers here. You can't have two guys in their 30. And if Wiggins is your two, we don't think Clay will be the second best or Chris Paul. It could be Draymond. But if it's Steph Curry and Wiggins, Steph will be 35, 36. Yes, next year, Wiggins will still be in his 20s. So you do fit into that paradigm. You fit into that window. You can't have your two best players in their 30s. And Wiggins, remember, don't look at Wiggins' postseason this year because he missed, what, 30 regular season games. So they inserted him in the playoffs after not playing for the last two months. Andrew Wiggins is a former number one pick in the finals against Boston, was the second best player, gave Jason Tatum trouble. trouble. He's a really good player. He may be a two, but he's a really good player. He's your two. Chris Paul's not your two. Clay's not your two. Draymond as much as I like him, in every playoff series in the last several years, he has clunkers. He does. He disappears. He'll have a couple clunkers. Then he'll be great. Wiggins doesn't really have clunkers. There's times he's not as valuable, but you kind of know what you're getting when he's healthy and ready to play. So that's my takeaway, is that they're making this move, and they're making it for two reasons. They're not asking Chris Paul to be the second or third best player. What they're asking him is, can you be really immature, be great with the second unit, um... Bring your historically low turnover rate to the team, and by having a very solid second team, that makes us better than last year, where there was the Steph side, and then man overboard when Poole was on the floor with turnovers and inefficiency. And J-Mac, you don't buy that. Okay, so this is tough, Colin. So you you said Kurt, uh, Wiggins missed 30 games. He actually, remember, he missed 45 games, it looks like. 
uh, due to that absence yeah, that was really never a lot of games. So 45 games. That's significant. They had a lot of disruption. Uh, Clay Thompson missed 13 games, not yeah. a lot. Steph Curry only played 56 games last year. Yeah. So Jordan Poole ended up starting 43 games for them. He averaged 30 minutes a night. You're replacing Jordan Poole with Chris Paul. What if Chris Paul has to start 43 games? Okay, first of all, what are you going to do? Wiggins had a personal situation. It's fair. Probably not going to happen. That's reasonable. We would hope not. Kuminga, it's reasonable, will play more. Okay. Mo- Moses Moody had a very nice postseason. They're now trusting him more. He, he'll so have to. Yeah. Gary Payton wasn't also around to play last right. year they in the regular season. Him in, right. So Moody's going to play more. I, I think he had a nice yeah, postseason. He, he averaged 13 minutes a game. Did uh, okay. you know, Barely played. Yeah. Uh, he'll get closer to 18-20. Kuminga will play more. Okay. Um, I'm just saying. Wiggins like Curry, won't be gone. Curry's going to be 36. I don't doubt that. And But it also, they just went and drafted Clay 1A. He'll absolutely be in the rotation. So you have between – so Chris Paul's not going to be asked to How play many, Moody over, minutes. under, Chris Paul will have to start 25 games for the Warriors? Under. I think he'll start about 20, and I think he'll play about 24 minutes a night. Okay, so all those games missed resulted in them almost being in the play-in. They okay. were the sixth, also, but nearly the seventh. Okay, why? Not because they were a bad team. They were horrible on the road. Also true. Why? chemistry yeah that's out the door so you get moody more minutes coming more minutes you get wiggins not gone you get a kid you drafted i mean he really is going to come they know he's going to come and play so all of a sudden all i also think they're going to add at some point a big where are they finding a big like i know i sound pessimistic and i'm anti-warriors maybe i sound too optimistic (laughs) this is fun the back and forth but chris paul to me is going to be asked it's like when you brought juju smith schuster over Okay, and he obviously hasn't had the career of Chris Paul. You weren't asking him for 140 yeah. catches. You're like, dude, can you be big in big spots? He was. They moved him. I mean, they, they, they came in and said, we don't need you to be Travis Kelsey. You don't have to win games. But we need you to be an eight-target, six-catch guy in big moments. He was. It was perfect. And they moved off him. And I, I think they're asking Chris Paul, 24 minutes, run our second unit. We'll get you a big to do some pick and rolls with Kaminga and a new big. Just bring maturity, lower the turnovers, make our second unit viable. Not great, just not a disaster. So, is there? A, is you, are you kind of saying that pool is addition by subtraction? Getting him out equals more mature well, locker room. Chemistry's no better. Maturity's better. Turnovers well, reduced. I, okay, now let me push back. Chris Paul historically has got into it with teammates. Go look at Lob City. When things went awry, okay. Chris Paul's pointing fingers at Blake right. Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. How did their careers Chris, go when Chris left? That's also oh, true. Oh, Harden's Chris, kind of a nut, nutbag too, Chris right? Paul can be demanding. Two players who can't handle an adult. Harden. Blake, well, DeAndre Jordan, okay. championship organizations. Yeah, well, you know, if there's uh, Chris Paul ain't going to point the figure at Steph Curry. He's the guy. He owns the locker room. He's also mature. And he's got Draymond with his back. Um, I, I'm very curious. Like, who can Chris Paul talk to the way he talked to other teammates? Can't say that stuff to Clay. Smart you guys. You cannot say it to Dray, Draymond Green. Not say what? Whatever problems you've got, because Chris Paul's had beef everywhere. He had beef with DeAndre Ayton. Now, I'm not saying Ayton's a good player, but... Okay. Historically, if you have go you to five noticed? different stops, you know people in sports media who have worked at every single network. And guess what? They've been the same dude at every network. They get in fights. They move on. They Let get me in ask fights. You. He huh? didn't. He didn't get in big fights in New Orleans. He didn't get in big when he fights. Was like twenty three. Fair. Okay. He didn't get in big fights at Wake Forest. He didn't get in big fights at Oklahoma City. Did Devin Booker and him he not get along Oklahoma great? Oklahoma City for like seven minutes. Well, but he got along great. Phoenix. Uh, Houston. Who who did he struggle with in Phoenix? DeAndre Ayton. The same guy Monty Williams struggled with. Also true. So Chris Paul struggles uh, with people who struggle. Anybody on the Warriors struggle? Not really. Nobody, okay. No, the guy they shipped out of town. I do like how you become like, I'm pushing you toward being a Warriors guy, and you're pushing me as to, I don't like the Warriors. But it's weird because I... I, I, I'm not saying Chris Paul can't get a little prickly, but he's being brought in... Not to lead the team. Dude, you're leading the second unit. Chris Paul's smart enough to know, like, I'm. this is not Lob City. Yeah. This is not the Suns, where I, by the way, saved them. Phoenix was a mess, even with Booker. 
and eight. And they were a mess. So he's being brought in to lead the second unit. Um, somebody had told me that Chris Paul has never come off the bench in his career, and that's a fact. Basketball stats, he's played 1,214 games. He started every single one of them. Well, Colin, he's been in the NBA since age 20, 17 seasons, never come off the bench and told, hey, you're leading the second unit. How's that going to go over with Chris Paul? Well, we win champ championships here. You don't have one. We want you your way or our way. You, come back to our trophy room. Let's go look at yours. There's nothing on the shelf. Okay. At some point you go, what we do in nine years, we got four of these puppies. I agree with that sentiment. But I would like, just like how you want to ship Clay Thompson out of town, I do too. I want to see the Warriors go to tell a 17-year pro who is considered the point god, according to the NBA Twitter meatballs, 17 <laughs> years as a pro, never come off the bench once. Not playoffs, not, uh, not regular season. Never come off the bench. And now he's going to be leading the second unit with Kuminga and Moody. Hey, clean up that second unit back there, would you, Chris? I, I'm very curious to see how this goes over, Colin. I, no, I, I can't. Are I mean, you going to tell me Chris Paul, Steph, Clay? Drafted Clay's backup, Wiggins, Looney, Draymond. Wiggins doesn't miss 40 games. Chemistry's better. Fewer turnovers. They're not going to make the playoffs? I, I, think, they're, I think they're a playing team right now. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> wow. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hi, it's The Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out. As the NBA postseason winds down, it's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www1800 800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. 
With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot or download the app today. So we got into this discussion yesterday about um, the value of just if you got the coach quarterback right, everything else is mostly replaceable. You don't want to be terrible at left tackle or have no pass rush. But, I mean, the three best corners in the NFL last year didn't make the playoffs, so even valuable positions just don't matter much. Outside of quarterbacks uh, and occasional weapons like a Travis Kelsey, almost no player in the NFL is worth even a point in a point spread. Yeah. So I went back this morning, and I looked at the five biggest dynasties in the NFL. I went back to the Packers with Lombardi and Bart Starr, Niners, Montana, Walsh, Steelers, Noel Bradshaw, Patriots, Belichick, Brady, and Kansas City, I think, needs another championship to be a dynasty, but let's give it to them because I, I think we, we do think they're, they've separated from the league. Reed Mahomes. Those teams, Kansas City last year, it was Chris Jones and a bunch of kids playing defense. These teams had holes in them. But if you have a Hall of Fame coach and a really high-end star Hall of Fame quarterback, that's about 80% of this league. You can't have a dynasty without it. By the way, even a duo that never kind of disappointed us, Marino and Shula. And we're like, where, where are the Super Bowls? They still got together. Shula was older. They got to seven playoffs. Even, even ones that don't quite qualify, Cowboys needed another Jimmy Johnson, Troy Aikman. You know, those are, those are close. So... Like, that's what you have to be good at. And I, and I said to myself this morning, I went and looked at the best coach-quarterback duos where I, can, where I consider the coach is going to be a Hall of Famer or certainly vie for it, and the quarterback is. So the first five are easy. The first five are pretty easy. Uh, Mahomes and Andy Reid's number one, not particularly close. Uh, certainly an argument with, with Montana and Walsh as the best quarterback-coach combo in, in the history of the sport. Uh, number two, um, again, I know they're off a bad year, but McVay is the youngest coach to win Super Bowls and Stafford. Stafford, by the way, in the year he won a Super Bowl a year ago, threw for 5,000 yards. Uh, number three, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. We don't believe Russ is washed. Payton's brilliant. Uh, number four, I'd go Doug Peterson and uh, Trevor Lawrence. I think Peterson is one of the most underrated coaches in the last decade in the sport. Outdueled, outsmarted, outfoxed Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. We all love Trevor Lawrence. And then number five, I know a lot of people have misgivings about Lamar Jackson, but I'd put Harbaugh, I think, is a remarkable coach. Lamar wins 75% of his starts. I know you don't trust him. Peyton Manning took a while to, to, to get the ring and, and have great playoff success. Lamar Jackson's really good. When he's healthy, he's really good. So then, then I started looking around, and I found nine, to fill out the top ten, I found nine teams where I really like the quarterback, Jets, Chargers. I still got questions about the coach. I found ten teams where I love the coach, uh, but I'm not sure at quarterback. San Francisco, Carolina, New York Giants. And then eight, I didn't trust either. Eight, a quarter of the league, I don't trust the quarterback, I don't trust the coach. That's no man's land. Nine quarterbacks a star, you know, Justin Herbert, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, coach could be good. I got to wait and see. And then 10, the coach is great. Your Pete Carroll's, your Kyle Shanahan's. I think Frank Reich's fantastic. I don't know. I don't think Geno's going to be that good this year. As good, okay? So then I tried to, so I go to my next five, and here's six through 10. Tell me if I'm crazy on this. Six through 10, put it up. So, number six, don't tell me uh, yet Zach Taylor should be in the same class as Andy Reid and Sean Payton. <laughs> First two years without Burrow, he was like, you know, was winning five games a year. I like him. Give me another year at least. Okay, go to the next one. Number seven. Now, I know you're all saying this is low, Philadelphia. So, Nick Sariani got the job. They were a mess early, and then he gave 
play calling to Shane Steichen. From that point in the Super Bowl, they were fantastic. Shane Steichen just left. Coordinators matter. Kyle Shanahan, great example. I think they'll be fine. That's why I put him at seven. We don't know if Soriani's a great coach. When he had more control of the offense, it went very good. Let's go to eight. I may bang on Sean McDermott, but Allen's a transformational talent. McDermott, the Buffalo Bills before Sean McDermott got there were kind of a mess. Uh, number nine, I consider them both B to B plus, but Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy, he's got a Super Bowl. Dak is more than sufficient as a franchise quarterback. And then number 10, um, again, I think the coach is brilliant, unproven, young, but brilliant, and the quarterback's good when healthy. I'd go Mike McDaniel and Tua. So there's my top 10, coach, quarterback. And, and you know, I love Mike Vrabel out on Tannehill. Mike Tomlin's good. I don't know enough about Kenny Pickett. Robert Sala. Come on, he's on the hot seat. Got to win this year. J-Mac, you look over it. Any issues? Mm. Uh, mm. Where's Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins? That was number 11. Okay, just making sure. So Sala and Rodgers were 12. I'm not going to get into numbers, <laughs> but I will tell you we had, a, we had a discussion about Kirk Cousins and O'Connell, but O'Connell's only coached one year. I thought they made a significant leap yeah. with him, but it's one year. O'Connell's a McVay guy. Uh, yeah, I don't have a lot of beef with this. This is a strong list from you. A rare strong list for you. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Played nine games with the Bucks, and if the Eagles needed a guy for a few, he'd go back. But a decade in the NFL, two Super Bowls, love him every year when he comes on. Uh, four years with the Patriots, Titans. You had really good coaches, by the way. Vrabels, Belichick, smart guys. Uh, Logan Ryan is joining us, a two-time Super Bowl champ. So, there's a lot, first of all, there's a lot I want to dive into. I, I do want to go back to the Patriot years, because we were talking during the break, is that in college football, the margins in most games, if you're at a Georgia, Bama, Oklahoma, yeah. are greater. In the NFL, you know, Belichick introduces a left-footed punter. He wants different spin. And, and, and you, we were talking about during the break, I said, you know, Logan, you've always been a think, you think the game, you just don't play it. Not every pro athlete does that. And you were, you were uh, talking about the kind of discussions that Belichick would have Give me the first one I thought was fascinating. Yeah, I think the first one would be that we discussed is talking about the referees and knowing who the umpire is, knowing who the referees is, knowing what penalties they call the most. And if they're a, if they're a crew that doesn't major in defensive pass interference, doesn't major in defensive holding, we're going to try to do that a little bit more. I remember wearing gloves the color of the of the opponent's jersey yep wearing white gloves if they're wearing white on the road so we can get away with white gloves they can't see the holding as much and just kind of playing the game right what, what does the umpire look to call and we're, we're not going to do that if they're if they're going to call a lot of holding then belichick might put boxing gloves on our hands during the week so we can't hold at all in practice <laughs> so you're going to cover with your feet so he just did some things i've never saw or never did before in my nfl career that i thought was really interesting and obviously i see why because you try to have every advantage you can in the game that's legal think about the uh super bowl against atlanta right so we're going against atlanta in the super bowl and this is when julio jones has like 250 yards against green bay in the nfc championship and just the best player on the planet at this time in his career shout out to my boy julio and I remember he had a bad ankle or a bad foot going yeah. into that season or during that season, and he was managing his practices and his practice. So they were saying he's not practicing that many days because of his foot. So we went into the game plan in Atlanta shadowing him to his good foot, meaning that he can only make breaks off his right foot. So when he's on this side of the formation, we'll, we'll cover these routes, not thinking that he can break off his other foot as efficiently. So we honestly played leverage versus a guy based off his injured ankle he proved us wrong. He made four spectacular catches that game. If you go back and look at that Super Bowl, but he was only targeted four times, and that was the least amount of targets he had all season. And maybe he should have threw the ball to him more, knowing what, what they know. But I think it ended up us getting a Super Bowl victory. You were teammates with Brady last season. You also, in his last New England game, pick six against him. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's not a ton of a, a, a sample. But um, last year, when you were with him, did you get a sense during it? Could you kind of sense, because you're a veteran player, a thoughtful yeah. player, this feels like it. I thought the way that the team was constructed, 
of them winning a Super Bowl a few years earlier and running it all back roster-wise that Tampa was only built for so long in terms of the amount of veterans, the amount of money being spent, um, the amount of weapons on that side of the ball for Brady. So there was some finality in the season. But I think just knowing how he was interacting with his family, his kids, in terms of really wanting to uh, spend time with his kids and be there with his kids, that was a little different uh, because his kids were older. And I think, you know, the stuff that was going on off the field and on the field, I think was weighing on him a little bit, as obviously we're all humans. So I knew that there was going to be some type of break after the season. Now, whether that be return or not, he wouldn't, he wouldn't tell me. No one could tell you that. you got to ask that man himself. But you know there was some finality to the end of that season. Was that the last time we saw Brady in a Bucks jersey? Was the last time we saw Tom Brady play football in general? And I think it's yeah. going to be the last time we see him play football. So hard knocks with the Jets appears inevitable. Um, years ago, I thought HBO was really important. This is not a shot at HBO. But to, to get behind-the-scenes stuff, 10 years ago, HBO was valuable. Now it's IG, it's Snap, it's Twitter. Yeah. I, I just, I, if I want to know about you, I can go to all your stuff. Um, I think it's a bit, um, I, I've said, if, you're, if your relationship's rocky, it'll get in a divorce attorney. It won't turn a good marriage to a bad one. But New York's got an impulsive owner, coach on the hot seat, prickly old quarterback, intense <laughs> media market, brutal early schedule, bunch of new stuff. I don't love hard knocks on this. Your takeaway, I, did, I just feels like, okay, can you pick the Bears? Do you right. have to go after Aaron? Aaron's going to be have enough vultures circling him anywhere. Anyway. I think people want to see Aaron Rodgers behind the scenes. I think they want to see, you know, I think it's one of the most intriguing stories of the offseason, 100% Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. So I think people want to see more of that. Now, what Hard Knocks can show or what they're okay being, yeah. are they going to have a camera in the quarterback room? Are we going to see all these discussions, how he interacts with Nathaniel Hackett and and even Nathaniel Hackett's story of bouncing back and, and what type of coach is he. So I think that, you know, are they able to show what they want to show? Because back in the day, they used to show guys getting cut and people remember Devontae Davis, oh, yeah. you know, stuff. And that was some real life stuff going on. They dramatized it and made it almost like for, for viewers to see, like almost story time. So I don't know if they're allowed to show that stuff anymore. So we'll see what they're allowed to show. But I think it would be pretty intriguing. Uh, you also uh, did you you picked off Rogers last year, didn't you? Yeah, I did, yeah. Yep. Week three. Yeah. Oh, so so you're you're the last guy to pick off Brady <laughs> as a Patriot, and then it was uh, Rogers week three. Take our audience into this. Um, oh, do we have a picture of it? Hold on, let's see. There we go, baby. Look at that. <laughs> um, was playing Aaron different than Tom? What were the differences as a DB? I would say the differences with the DB is that the extended plays. That so Tom, what what he'll do is situationally he'll extend plays, but he's not as athletic as Aaron. Right, right. So he'll, he's really good in the pocket. He's getting that thing out really quickly, efficiently, knowing the weaknesses of the defense, picking on the worst DB on the field. A lot like Peyton Manning would play, right? I think Tom's find better. the weak spot. Right, find Tom, the weak spot, get it out. Tom's better at that. If you reverse engineer that, I have a good idea where the ball is going based on us knowing our weak spot of the defense. So I have a good feel. Aaron Rodgers goes rogue a little bit more. He, he'll double back three times, throw the ball 70 yards over your head. <laughs> and a lot of the Green Bay system was very simple, but then they'll double move everything. So Devontae Adams will run slant, 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 and then a sluggo. Or it'll be third and three, and he'll take a 60-yard go ball in third and three, and you're thinking it's going to be a five-yard hitch. So Aaron was able to kind of go off uh, off package a little bit, a little more, almost like Ben Roethlisberger and extend plays. And then those receivers will just – run fire drill routes which is backyard football and there'll be a little bit more backyard football playing Aaron than it is playing Tom a lot of young quarterbacks in this league now some really special ones um Trevor Lawrence Herbert Burrow um Jalen Hurts has emerged Mahomes of all the young ones you've sampled um what do you see out there is there some like Jalen Hurts to me I've said it before I never saw him being this dominant yeah. I didn't think he was a great thrower in college. Uh, hard worker, kind of an aspirational personality. Um, I think he got a really good O-line, which certainly helped him to grow. Um, g- g- give me a rundown on a couple of them you faced in your thoughts. Well, I think Jalen Hurts, like you said, I don't think any of us thought he would have the career he's had thus far. I don't think any of us thought he was a great thrower coming out. Um, but he's a winner at every level. And winning, winning is a trait. Winning matters. He inspires the men around him. Um, he won in college. Obviously, you saw the national championship game. Goes Oklahoma. What does he do? Win a Heisman. Goes, sits the bench behind Carson Wentz. Wins that job. 
and then wins over the Philly fan base. And it's hard to win over Philly. Yeah. And he's done that. Great offensive line, but Carson Wentz had a great offensive line too. And I, I think that he's, he does what they're asking him to do, and he gets the best out of his receivers. He's getting A.J. and Devontae to play at a really high level. I like Joe Burrow, man. Joe Burrow has this Brady-esque feel about him yep. where he has just ultimate quiet confidence and poise. You know, you don't know. It's kind of like everyone's going to show you how hard they're working, but Joe Burrow doesn't show you how hard he's working. You know he's in the facility, but you don't know how many hours because he doesn't tell you. He's truly working behind the scenes because he has that true confidence about him. Inner confidence. Right. He's not doing it for likes and followers. And then Pat Mahomes just has that innate ability, obviously, to win. And he's that he's that new age Aaron Rodgers and where he's just – but he's winning at a high, high level. And him and Andy Reid, I mean, are just a great combination of play calling and quarterbacking and thinking the same. Um, one of the things that's interesting that you noted during the break is the Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants, Washington – Last year had e- a little easier schedules. The the Eagles schedule this year is a gauntlet. The Giants may be the hardest in the league. Yeah. Travel. Um, so um, you think per- perhaps is that division, although Philly's still loaded, um, pulls back a little? What do you make of the Giants, for instance? Yeah, I think the Giants got to figure out their Saquon situation because he is 100% the best player on that team and needed – on that team to to have success. I, I just don't think they work without Saquon, without that threat in the backfield. And even as a receiver and the loaded boxes that they see and the play action passer with Daniel Jones is a great play action passer. It's because of the attention that Saquon draws. So it's like the Tennessee Titans not having Derrick Henry. It doesn't work the same for Tannehill in the in the group. So I, I could see that. I think the, the schedule is they're going to have a harder schedule this year. Obviously they were better last year. They'll face tougher opponents, bigger primetime games. So it'll be uh, it'll be it'll be tougher on that division as a whole. I think Dallas is good. Dallas, I think, um, hasn't gotten worse, right? I think the Eagles haven't gotten any worse, and the Giants are trying to load up as well. So that's three teams, and in Washington, I think they drafted well. So we'll see what their quarterback situation looks like. But I can see even when your division is better, that then you're beating up on each other. So I can see that div- that division as a whole going through it a little bit. We talk about the NBA draft where kids come into the league at 18, 19, 20. A lot of them are just overwhelmed. None of them are emotionally and physically combined ready to play. European guys are a bit more mature because they play against men. Right. But even even Wemby, it, it's a lot. You go to a new country, you're the star. Mm-hmm. NFL guys come out with three or four years of college. So you generally get somebody, at least emotionally, a, a little more stable. Often guys come in married, you know, like, like relationship-wise. How long, in the NBA, um, because they come in so early, it's harder to draft, I think. In the NFL, I got three, four years of tape. Like, I can see what you can do and what you can't do. Yet, half the league is undrafted. (laughs) How long for you in your NFL career? And maybe you can give me good examples. Before, how many practices where you looked at a rookie and went, wow, or, oh, that that, that ain't going to work in this league? Yeah. I mean, I knew, I remember A.J. Brown as a guy. I remember A.J. Brown coming in, and he was already built, Big. right? And I just remember how he caught the ball with his hands. And I was like, he's the best catcher on our team day one, like of physically catching the ball. Just, just you know how A.J. Brown catches the ball. He snags the ball. Snags he doesn't it. body catch the ball ever. Right. You see him snag the ball. He tracks the ball over his shoulder. He was doing that day one. And I remember we were on him a lot. We had a veteran secondary, me, Kevin Byard, Malcolm Butler, Dory Jackson there in Tennessee. And we would, we would you know, come at him and practice and stuff because he, he knew he was good type thing. So we were kind of on him a lot. But he already had that in him. And it was like, all right, just a matter of time for this guy. Like he walked in, was walk-in ready. Other guys, I think the NFL season, there's, every individual player is, is faced with so much adversity individually or as a team, training camp. You might roll your ankle day two. Now you're out there with a sprained ankle for two weeks of training camp. You're hitting the preseason games, and then you go you know, right into the regular season. It's a double college schedule, what you're used to. So guys break down, and how they handle that is truly midway through their rookie year, how they kind of handle that last half of the season. Like, oh, this guy's going to be special because their routine stays the same. They're still going into lifts. They're still lifting weight. They're not skipping everything. They're not in the training room 90% of the time. So how they handle those little nicks and bruises is really going to see – what type of pro they are, because you need a, every professional athlete needs to have that structure and that discipline yes. of a routine. So if they can maintain their routine, I know they'll be pretty successful. So, um, you know, we were talking about this earlier, is that um, it's, it's 55 men in your locker room scout team. 
even the coaches. There's a lot of alpha. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I want my <laughs> players to be confident. Right. Not delusional, but if you're close, I'm okay with it, especially corner. Oh, yeah. I, you got to be a short memory, bro. You're going to get burned. Like wide receiver, you got to believe you can beat your guy. So there are positions, receiver, corner, like I, I'm almost, I'm okay with a little delusion. But we, we talked about the Stephon Diggs drama in Buffalo. So I went back and I looked at Des Bryant, who I thought was a bit disruptive. I didn't count OBJ. I don't think he's disruptive. I thought he was great in Cleveland, great with the Rams, great in college, fine with New York early. New York gobbled him up for a few hours. It's okay. But I looked at Antonio Brown, Des Bryant, and Stephon. Kind of disruptive. In all cases, four total seasons, three guys. They were easily the most targeted receiver. Like, not close. Yeah. I mean, Antonio Brown had like 330 targets. And yet, all three receivers, like, you're not getting me the ball. In all your year, and my takeaway is, I've worked with people. You feed, you feed, you feed. Low and they're just not happy. And I, and I look at Stephon and I'm like, bro, Minnesota Buffalo, you're getting a lot of looks. All your years, a decade in the league, are there players that are just really hard to coach? And and I don't know if it's high maintenance, but you tell me. Is if every locker room you've been in, have there been a couple of guys that sometimes you just roll your eyes and go, "This is this guy's hard." Yeah, I think there has. I mean, I've been like you said, these you know playing for Belichick and some of these you know Rabels very similar. They kind of rid that, you know. They kind of, they kind of, they kind of police that as a head coach because if you don't police it, you police it as a player, right? But if your head coach isn't doing anything about it, now there's now there's separation of classes because like he's getting coached differently than the rest of us. So I haven't seen too much of that, but I do know that to be a number one, to be a number one corner, a number one left tackle, a number one uh, receiver, there is some delusion. You need to feel like you're that guy and you're him, right? That's the way everyone says nowadays. I'm him. I'm him. But you also got to know your role on the team, and you have to be a good teammate first. Because at the end of the day, to win a Super Bowl, to win a championship, it's filled of great teammates. And I think, like, the Kansas City Chiefs, right, I don't know if they had a number one. Travis Kelsey's their number one. Yeah. But I think he celebrates – watch how he celebrates when other people score. You know, I think he's happy for other people's success. So, Stephon Days can want the ball as much as he wants. But is he happy when other guys get the ball? I think he is. I, I think some of it could be overplayed. I don't know the, the actual details. I'm not going to speak on the details of the nuance of the drama. But as long as it's understood, that's him and he's going to be him. And um, Josh Allen's okay with that and they can handle it internally. Then let them handle it internally because it is, it is a long season. There will, there will be some bumps and scuffles and butting heads of brothers, of teammates. And I think as long as they all want the common goal of winning, then that's all that matters. That needs to be the common goal. If it's about individual success and not – if it's about targets and receptions, not about winning, then you know there's a problem. But if you're frustrated from losing, um, then you got to be productive and how you change that. Do you have a teammate in your ten years that you were closest to? Like maybe it was just a great teammate, a good friend, but you know, it's like I was reading a story about actors recently, and an actor said, uh, you know, you're acting in a movie. It could be a love interest or a best friend, and you're really into the character, and you're on a set for nine months, right. and then the movie ends, and you're like. Oh, we're not really friends. And, and the <laughs> actor said, it screwed with my head for years. I'm like, we were so close. And in, it's sort of the same way in sports. You get traded. You get oh, moved. Yeah. Do you have a teammate today that is a brother for life, that is a friend for life, that's somebody that's just an ally that you've connected with? There's a, there's a few. I, I would say the McCourty twins and all that because of Rutgers connection. Right? I played with Devin and them, and I've known them since I was, what? I've known them since I was 17, 18 years old recruiting to Rutgers. Right, so they're like a big brother figure. But I would say in this in this league, a friend that I didn't know before I got in, a teammate, would be Kevin Byard. I think in Tennessee, me and him really like would sit there and talk. Like, man, I I want I want fans to pack these stadiums. I want us to be great. Like, we have Derek, a young Derek, and we have so and so. We have this guy. Like, we can be really good. And we worked really hard and saw the success of the Titans. Kind of skyrocket out of nowhere you would right. almost say the tennessee titans as a franchise they're number one seed in afc afc championship kevin byard's having hall of fame type numbers year in year out getting overlooked and we would just talk and work behind the scenes and that's a guy that from this day we probably talk every other day to you know weekly where we have multiple kids we have wives we're traveling we're busy but we always stay in touch i played on two separate teams since tennessee and he's still there and we still talk so i think that's a friend that i made in this league because of our similar competitive um, attitudes and how we go about our work as professionals. We appreciate each other's work. Obviously, we were teammates, 
and we just continue to push each other. Uh, Logan Ryan, you could do this, you know. You should be into this space. <laughs> this space is good. You never get hit. Yeah, exactly. Ever. Exactly. No two days. We don't even do one a days. Hey, I appreciate, you know, just chatting it up with you and learning from the greats like you, and uh, we'll, we'll see you one day. Great seeing you again. Nice seeing you too. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, Start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Decovis is your stop before attending your next concert. All Decovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Decovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. I love it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. Stores are great, but it's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.